Welcome to the Gentle Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Donegan. I'm a midwife, mom, and founder of Gentle Birth. Join me each week to hear inspiring, uplifting birth stories, learn helpful tips, and get advice from parents and professionals supporting you on your journey to parenthood. Your positive birth begins here. Welcome to the Gentle Birth Podcast. In this week's episode, I'm going to share with you an excerpt from the Gentle Birth book, now available from Amazon.com and Amazon.co.uk. So have any of these thoughts crossed your mind during your pregnancy? What if there's something wrong with my baby? What if I poop, puke, scream or cry in labour? Are my breasts the right size to breastfeed? And what if I'm not a good mom? If any or all of these thoughts have crossed your mind and you found yourself suddenly in a cold sweat that's not hormone related, then this book is for you. Between these pages is the power to radically change how you think about pregnancy, birth and parenting. And how you think about these things changes the way you experience them. So let's do this. Here you are, pregnant, possibly terrified and probably overwhelmed with the books, baby stuff. And let's not forget the buckets of unsolicited advice from the pregnancy police. So let me start off by saying how very humbled I am that you have chosen my book to help you prepare for one of the biggest, if not the biggest, transitions of your adult life. Yep, you're officially an adult now. In your hands, you're holding the equivalent of Harry Potter's Book of Spells, except this isn't about magic. It's about mind, medicine and midwifery. But first, let's address the elephant in the room. This is not a book about natural birth. My greatest wish for you is to have a positive birth experience, however you define that to be. And that could be an epidural in the parking lot or swinging from the chandeliers, Alessia. Gentle birth is much more of a mindset than a method. Our approach of tried and tested techniques and exercises will challenge and change the way you think and shift your mindset incredibly quickly so you can savour this time even more and have a healthier, more enjoyable postpartum period with your new baby. And your partner will thank you too. I'm a midwife and a mother and I'm here to support you through this transition. So although you may have been recommended my book to prepare for your baby's birth, I want you to know that so much of what you're going to learn will help you long after your baby arrives. I've taken a brain science approach to pregnancy well-being, birth preparation and parenting. It's such an exciting time to be a midwife and to have an opportunity to share this information with you. As with all of the brain training in this book, if you find any practice to be emotionally challenging, give yourself permission to take a break for a few days and begin again or talk to your care provider. So let's talk about the most important job in the world. So I want you to take a moment and just imagine you're an alien who has just arrived on planet Earth and you're pregnant. And this new world of pregnancy and parenting often feels alien to almost every first time mom. So you're not alone there. On planet Earth, we tell women all the time that being a mother is the most important job they'll ever do. You're about to take on the role of a lifetime. You're about to experience profound changes in your body, your mind and your heart. It will change everything about you. 
how you see yourself, how the world sees you, and how you see the world. If you were this alien, you would start to realise how important you are and how life-changing this next chapter of your life would be. Knowing this, you would probably be very keen to find out what you can do to prepare for such an important job. What training do you need to succeed and where do you get this important training? What skills can you learn in the coming months to make this transition as empowering and as positive as possible? On planet Earth, preparing new mothers for this role of a lifetime doesn't seem to match up to the importance of this life-changing event in a woman's life that we keep telling her about. If this pregnant alien went to a bookstore, what would she find? Because inspiration doesn't seem to make it to these shelves very often. Oh, it's likely that she'll find a lot of books that focus on everything that can go wrong during this time. On TV, she would see more scary stories. What would other women tell her? They might tell her how terrible birth is and how difficult being a new mom is. Newfound friends might direct you to YouTube to watch videos that leave you terrified. Your care provider might even direct you to a class with other parents for eight hours of training in diaper changing, baby bathing, the signs of labour and how your partner can massage you. These are all helpful to know, but the skills of resilience, focus and the ability to mother in a way that is self-compassionate and nurturing, the skills that really matter for this role of a lifetime, are nowhere to be found. Wouldn't that pregnant alien feel very confused? Aren't you? We keep insisting that this is the most important job in the world, but the preparation we offer mothers is minimal and often focused on what's wrong instead of what's right. If this alien decided to become an accountant, consider how much training and preparation they would have. Possibly a four-year college degree, plus about 20 hours of exams and countless hours of exam preparation. If being a mom is the most important job in the world, then we need to up our game. What if that alien had new training available to her? If she had the ability to prepare for birth and life after birth with tools and training that inspired, uplifted and excited her about the changes ahead. Well, starting around 12 weeks, that mom would have approximately 5,000 hours of preparation just from using the Gentle Birth app. Best of all, that preparation is done at home, on the couch or in bed for about 20 minutes each day. You could also go to a class with your partner for an additional 12 or so hours and then ongoing support from your instructor and a global community of well-prepared, well-informed moms. We've made it easy to prepare for the most important job ever and enjoyable too. And what if that preparation left you feeling confident and reassured that even with these great changes and great challenges of motherhood also comes great joy? Words have power and the stories you tell yourself about birth and parenting impact your pregnancy and your body during labour and birth. Will your beliefs and thoughts about yourself make your baby's birth and parenting experience more manageable or more challenging? Every woman has the potential to have a positive birth experience, but some of us need more convincing or we don't believe we're deserving enough or worthy enough. Think about whether you might be getting in the way of your positive birth and how you can change that. 
That potential for great births is in all of us, but it's been hidden away, buried deep under layers and layers of misinformation, dramatic TV shows and fear. I'm going to help you to uncover that innate wisdom every mother has, that knowing that there has to be a better way, a more gentle way. You already know how to grow your baby. It's part of your genetic blueprint. Let's face it, as human beings, we're pretty good at birth. We continue to overpopulate the planet every year. My intention is to remind you of something you may have long forgotten, a rediscovery of your power. Today, you can begin immersing yourself in the new science of positive, healthy, powerful, gentle birth. Day by day, your thinking will shift and your body will begin to respond to the anticipation of the birth process rather than the fear of it. You begin to act as if positive birth isn't just possible, it's probable. I'll be with you every step of the way and next to you as you bring your baby into the world. The voice in your ear telling you that you can do it will be so much louder than the voice in your head telling you you can't. You've got this. Reading this book is a great start to a more enjoyable pregnancy and birth. But to take your birth preparation to the next level, download the Gentle Birth app, available in the App Store or Google Play, with a free trial. Depending on your unique journey, the Gentle Birth app will guide you in your daily practice and support you in any twists and turns you may have to navigate. Come meet our growing community of gentle birth moms around the world in the Gentle Birth Official private Facebook group, a sanctuary created to inspire, uplift and excite you during your pregnancy. Following is a birth story from the new Gentle Birth book. I thought I should get around to sharing my gentle birth story before I forget too many details. My actual birth experience was better than I had ever envisioned my perfect birth could be. I had an atypical experience. My doula and the hospital nurses had never seen anything like it. I'm so thankful to the gentle birth community for helping me grow and welcome our daughter into our family. Sorry, this birth story is quite verbose. I attended a gentle birth workshop early at five months since I'd be traveling and I'm so glad I attended when I did. I started the hypnosis and mindfulness training immediately. It took me many months to be comfortable doing them without any tracks and also became part of my daily routine. It also helped me stay positive throughout my pregnancy when the ultrasounds kept saying she was small for her size. She was born perfectly normal. I started my maternity leave five days prior to my due date on October 17th and was feeling wonderful. I was confident and excited to introduce our first child into the world. I had a doula that I talked to constantly and loved. She helped me create an all-natural birth plan that I had rehearsed in my head many times, which included spending the majority of labour at home and then rushing to hospital to give birth in under an hour. I had a hospital bag packed with Wonder Woman socks and a sports bra, yoga pants and snacks for the nurses. I also had a gift bag of goodies I put together for my husband after the birth. Twice during my 39th week, I had about 12 hours of prodromal labour throughout the evenings. They would start around 10pm and intensify throughout the night and then fizzle out the next morning. I even called my doula and midwife convinced I was in labour at 3am once. These surges were some of the worst I experienced throughout this journey. 
but I was able to use deep breathing techniques and counter pressure to get through them with a smile. At 39 weeks and six days, my midwife said I was dilated to four centimeters and guessed I would give birth within the next few days. I was thankful the prodromal labor was doing something. At 40 weeks and six days, my midwife swept my membranes without asking and just told me that she had stirred things up. But I took this as something I couldn't control and accepted it. At 41 weeks, I had another episode of prodromal labour, this time starting in the afternoon. I put on pop music and danced with my husband through every surge and we had a ton of fun. In between surges, we watched movies and got most of the way through a Where's Waldo book. The next day, I was lying on the couch watching Twilight, that's my guilty pleasure, and I thought my waters may have broken, so I called my midwife's office. The nurse told me she didn't think I had since I wasn't having any pain or surges, but she'd tell the doctor anyway. To keep my mind occupied that night, my husband and I went out shopping and ate delicious Mexican food. When returning home, the doctor called and suggested I go into the birthing centre and get checked just to be safe. I arrived at 7pm and the midwife on call said that I was between 6 and 7 centimetres dilated and she could see hair, so I guess I wasn't leaving the hospital. She was shocked that I was still smiling and not in any pain other than minor backache. Decked out in my Wonder Woman attire, I watched football with family, walked laps around the halls with my doula and had a dance party with my husband and doula through intermittent surges. At 3am, I was just over nine and a half centimetres and still smiling and walking the hallways. The nursing station was shocked and amused every time I'd pass, smile and wave. I hadn't changed at all when the midwife rechecked at 7am, right before shift change, and mentioned that the next midwife might suggest augmentation, since I wasn't progressing or having normally spaced surges. She was right, and this initially terrified me. My husband and my doula kept reminding me to stay positive, and I was placed on Pitocin at 10am. The nurse increased my Pitocin dose quite quickly and soon I was having five minute long surges with little or no rest in between. At 2pm, 19 hours at the hospital, I was exhausted from all the dancing and pain and was given a pain reliever through the IV. I was so thankful for a few moments of respite. An hour later, I was able to start pushing and at 41 weeks and three days at 4.24pm, my beautiful baby girl was born at exactly eight pounds. As you've no doubt noticed from your lustrous locks and developing cankles, your body undergoes incredible physiological changes in pregnancy. So it seems reasonable that your brain undergoes significant changes too. All joking aside, pregnancy changes your brain, but not in the ways that your favourite sitcom would have you believe. Very few birth professionals have been taught about this complex engine your brain, that controls your pregnancy, birth and breastfeeding experience. Don't believe me? Ask your OB or midwife about brain plasticity in pregnancy and be prepared for an uncomfortable silence and probably some awkward paper shuffling. Over the last decade, there's been increased focus on comfort measures for labour. Water birth, doulas, peanut balls, rebozos, but all of these happen when pain already exists. Essentially, after the horse has bolted, when you're in pain. By learning how you can sculpt, remodel and retrain your brain to think again, you can change those pain signals and how your brain interprets them. After your baby arrives, that mommy brain will in fact help you to be more sensitive and more responsive to your newborn baby. Your brain is being sculpted for survival of the species. 
Recent studies indicate, and contrary to media reports, that your brain upgrades in pregnancy. During pregnancy and in the first hours after birth, your brain has literally been reconstructed by hormones and by your interactions with your baby in those important hours after birth. Researchers Kinsley and Franson describe these massive brain changes as being like the revving of a high-powered sports car at the starting line. Getting ready for the starter signals for the new demands of motherhood. Are you impressed yet? Although I will admit that some days I felt like my brain was far from firing on all cylinders. Pass this section to your partner so they can read this too. In pregnancy, you're almost like the bionic woman. Your brain is being rebuilt. No doubt you're well aware of the benefits of physical exercise. Training the brain brings additional improvements for health and well-being. Training your mind and sculpting your brain is not dissimilar to sculpting your biceps. And like any fitness training program, it takes ongoing practice and daily commitment. But it's so much more enjoyable and it won't leave your hair frizzy. One trip to the gym or a walk in the park does not significantly improve your health. But daily practice with the app makes a difference. And if you're wondering how you're going to fit all of this wellness training into an already busy schedule, you'll be happy to hear that the longer brain training sessions in the app can be done from the comfort of your couch or bed. And you'll enjoy deeper, more restorative sleep during pregnancy, which is a great side effect. By reading this book, you're taking a big step forward towards a positive, empowering and more comfortable birth experience, no matter what happens on the day. And life skills that will stay with you forever as you parent more gently too. Each time you practice, you're building emotional resilience. And that's the ability to bounce back from setbacks and handle stressful situations in a healthier way. Resilience is the ability to face and handle life's day-to-day challenges with a flexible and adaptable attitude throughout your life. Over the years, one of the most exciting aspects of my work isn't the increase in positive births, although it is so thrilling to hear those incredible birth stories and to witness them too. Where gentle birth really shines is the ability for moms and partners to handle whatever comes their way on the day. In the event of a difficult birth experience, you have the tools and insights to reframe a negative birth experience into something more positive. These are important skills to develop for parenting, and you won't find them in many other birth preparation programs. You're developing and mastering incredible skills for birth and parenting, and not just building yourself a better brain, but you're changing how your baby's brain develops too. Your daily training will change the way you respond to the world forever. Learning how to not sweat the small stuff changes your life and your experience of it. You can use the app at any time during your pregnancy and even pre-pregnancy and experience the benefits of a more relaxed and positive mindset. Throughout this book, you'll see that I focus on three core areas of birth preparation for the most positive birth possible. Brain training, physical comfort measures and head hacking, and negotiating the best birth for you and your baby. With daily practice recommendations, you and your baby can enjoy the benefits of less anxiety and more excitement. And more sleep is also a great side effect. It's my wish that this book brings more joy to your pregnancy and more calm back to your baby's birth. You're joining thousands of other women from all over the world who are choosing to rethink birth. Calm, confident and in control.
Dr. Christian Northrup, obstetrician and author of Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, expresses it so well in her book when she forwards a challenge to all birthing mothers. Imagine what might happen if the majority of women emerged from their labour beds with a renewed sense of the strength and power of their bodies and of their capacity for ecstasy through giving birth. When enough women realise that birth is a time of great opportunity to get in touch with their true power, and when they are willing to assume responsibility for this, we will reclaim the power of birth and help move technology where it belongs, in the service of birthing women, not as their master. This next birth story is from Leanne Keane. She had posted on the Gentle Birth Moms group three months before Leanne gave birth, saying, I cannot wait for labour. I'm not stupid. I know it can go in different directions to what I envisioned. But the one thing I absolutely know won't go in the wrong direction is my mindset. And to me, that makes me a winner. The birth of Lily. This is Leanne's birth story. My first two pregnancies, seven and five years ago, were very, very different to this one. I was very overweight, extremely unfit and had zero confidence. Through changing enormously as a person since my third pregnancy and subsequent labour were very, very different. Due to a tragedy within my immediate family last year, I was anxious as my due date approached. Half of me wanted so badly to wait for spontaneous labour and the other half wanted to just get it started ASAP and be done with all the worry and fear. The day before my due date, I had a minor meltdown with the community midwife who sent me to the hospital for a full checkup and a chat with the doctor. Thankfully, the doctor I saw was very understanding of my feelings and agreed to an induction the following Saturday at 40 weeks and four days. I was instantly calm. I had no problem with being induced as it went so well previously. And not once did I become nervous in the days that followed. Saturday morning arrived as I got the last bits together and the kiddies went off with my father-in-law. Even still, I was perfectly calm and ready to set about the task ahead. We arrived into the hospital, did admissions and waited for the doctor. Upon examination at 9.30am, baby's head wasn't engaged and it was too risky to break the waters, so a 24-hour slow-release propess was inserted instead. Within the first hour, I was having cramps and by 2.30pm, I was having contractions that could be timed. I walked the corridors with my fast playlist in, did squats, took 20 minutes rest and used the birthing stool. But I found it quite uncomfortable and I sat on my yoga ball. On the ball, I rocked my hips, leaning on the bed uh, with earphones in, alternating with my music playlist and a 10 minute gentle birth meditation. By 6pm, the contractions were less than two minutes apart, so the ProPress needed to be removed. Once it was, the contractions got much stronger, and over the next two hours, I was fully sure that we were on the home stretch. I mostly stayed on the ball, put all my attention on my breathing, and actually found myself using hand gestures similar to a wave in line with my breath. I was so happy with how well I was working through it all. And then it stopped. By 8.30pm, the contractions had basically disappeared, I had cramping in the hours after, but nothing more. One of the community midwives came to see me at 11pm and advised me to get some sleep and said the doctor would see us in the morning. I won't lie, I was pretty upset. I had a little cry and off I went to sleep for two hours. My dad owns an apartment not far from the hospital, so my husband walked there to get some sleep. Safe in the knowledge he could be back in a flash if he needed to be. 
I woke at 1.30am and then got another one hour of sleep at some stage later. Sunday morning, my husband was back at 7am. We had breakfast and anxiously waited for the doctor to arrive. My concern was that there would be no more they could do for me and I'd be sent home and back to square one with the worry I had all along. Thankfully, the six hours work put in yesterday had brought the baby's head down low enough so that my waters could be broken. I was thrilled. Once done, I was totally back in the game. Not much happened throughout the day. My parents came to see us and my mam ended up staying seven hours with myself and husband in the ward. We relaxed and chatted and ate and laughed with the sun shining in the window as we waited for my body to do its thing. By 8pm that night, I was pretty shattered and fell asleep, only to be woken an hour later with the first of the official contractions at 9pm. No mistake in this, things were kicking off. From 9 to 11 was pretty okay. Within 30 minutes, I had my TENS machine on and I knew this was it. By 11.30pm, contractions were two to three minutes apart, so I asked to be checked. Not quite far along to go to the delivery room, but the community midwife gave me two heat packs, one for my tummy and one for my lower back, and I put my gentle birth back on, labour companion and affirmations. And I lay on my left side with my husband doing hip compressions during each contraction. I feel I coped quite well throughout, but by 1am I was eager to get to delivery. At 1.10am it was time to go. I arrived into room 9 where my daughter had been born 5 years earlier. I was delighted it was available. We got settled in, setting up my fan, my phone with speaker and the wireless trace was put on. I leaned on the bed which the midwife had raised up and swayed my hips. I used the gas and air and did squats on the exhale and spent a lot of time with my eyes closed. The first few tries of the gas and air I felt dizzy, but I quickly realised I just needed to focus on my breath after each contraction ended and the dizziness passed. We chatted in between contractions about my playlist and the singers on it. I smiled as I spoke of how my mum used to sing the song playing, The Greatest Love of All by Whitney Houston. After some time, I asked to use the shower. I loved it on my last labour. At this stage, it was 2.30am or thereabouts, as per per my labour notes. I didn't get to stay long as the trace kept moving. I also hit a bit of a wall and felt exhausted. I got out of the shower and lay on the bed, but couldn't relax or get comfortable. I tried the right side, all fours, leaning over the back, but I'd lost my flow. I asked for pethidine. It was the turning point. Once administered, I actually began to lightly snooze between contractions. When I felt one starting, I'd put the gas and air back in, and when it passed, I'd nod off slightly. Getting those few minutes each time totally rejuvenated me and gave me some energy that I needed to continue. Some may find the rest of my story bonkers, some may resonate with it, but it was an experience that could only be felt. It's for this reason that it has taken me so long to try to put into words, and I simply don't know if I can, but here goes. My head and my mind left the room. I went in the deepest state of relaxation I've ever experienced. I asked for silence in the room to allow me to stay where I'd gone. My husband and midwife kindly obliged and I spent the next while leaning over the back of the bed, tens now gone, gas and air in hand. I was unaware of what was going on in the room. I could feel my body moving and swaying and rocking when I realised I wasn't controlling it. There was no longer pain during the contractions. It was like as if when each one began, a sensation changed in my body, but it stayed at this one level and then went away again. 
While I was unaware of my immediate surroundings, I heard another mother in labour being very vocal. I just remember thinking it was like an animal noise. I could resonate with her. I could sense her. I felt she helped me and I helped her. If I did have any moments of doubt during this time, once I heard her vocalise, I instantly felt, we're in this together. The word I used to describe this whole experience to my dad later that day was primal. I felt a bit silly at first, but that's just how it felt. Like I was experiencing what animals do when they give birth. In fact, how it should be for humans also. By about 5.30am, my body started making sudden movements. It was almost like something was inside me and trying to get out, which is literally what was happening. I later read in my notes the phrase expulsive contractions, and that's exactly how it felt. It was my body signaling it was ready to deliver my baby. There was no need for examinations to check I was 10 centimetres. It was extremely clear. I became aware that there were now more people in the room. The midwife had made a call just to let everyone know that I was about to deliver and should she need assistance because my daughter was £9.14 and had a slight shoulder dystocia. I recall turning back around from leaning over the back of the bed and pulling my legs back and reaching down and feeling my daughter's head. I couldn't believe it. I genuinely hadn't felt a thing. No burning or singing sensation. She literally slid out. Inside that same contraction, with a bit of a push, Lily Grace Keane was on my chest. At the very last moment, I got a bit lost. I remember squeezing my husband's hand, but not knowing where I was for a few seconds. It was like almost coming around from being really dizzy and almost like someone waking you from your sleep. And I was back in the room. I remember looking out the window and wondering how bright it was. It was morning 5.55 a.m. with the most beautiful red sky. Lily lay on my chest under my nightdress and didn't get dressed until the next day. She stayed in her nappy on my chest, only coming out for feeds and a nappy change. Once we got to the ward, she latched on first go, not a bother. Eight weeks later, I can't say that it's been an easy road with all sorts of problems, but the main thing is we're still breastfeeding and we're still making progress. Having only lasted one day with Dylan and Ava, I'm over the moon and absolutely loving it. The feeling you get when feeding, for me, is like the icing on the cake after a wonderful birth. Something you would struggle to put into words, and I get to feel it every day. Gentle birth brought me back to neutral. Anytime throughout my pregnancy, my labour, my delivery that I drifted, it brought me back to where I needed to be. In the final days of my pregnancy, when anxious, I adjusted one affirmation to, I stay with my baby in these last few days. Repeatedly in delivery, I reminded myself out loud, soft body, strong mind. The 10 minute meditations were a godsend when I was stressed in pregnancy. And the induction track helped me refocus that induction is just a different starting point. Our baby is here eight weeks old today. We are all in love and I am so, so thankful for the wonderful and beautiful experience I finally got to see that birth really is. In this section of the Gentle Birth Book, we'll explore the idea of not hooking your happiness on one kind of birth. I'm not going to tell you that your birth will be pain-free, easy or short, and if anyone does, run the other way. For most first-time moms, your labour experience will fall somewhere in the middle. 
but there are things that you can do to stack the odds in your favour of it being less painful, a little easier and maybe even shorter. For years, we had only two choices in how we planned to cope with labour, pain-free with medication or medication-free and in pain. But there's no reason why you can't enjoy a more positive and gentle birth, no matter how your baby arrives on the day. That's why mindset matters so much. Our philosophy has always been that a positive birth comes in many forms and is defined by you, not your friends, your family or the nosy neighbour down the street. But what's equally important is that you have a gentle emotional experience of pregnancy, birth and the postpartum period. This is a time for self-compassion and self-kindness. Let this book provide you with a raft of buoyancy as you navigate the sometimes stormy seas that are ahead. So let's get down to basics. You didn't have to learn how to digest your food and you probably never took a class on how to pump your heart. By using the practices in this book, you're reducing fear of birth and replacing it with confidence. You're going to learn how to tune out distractions and tune in to your natural instincts. It's about turning off the negative thought patterns and turning on the primal, instinctual part of the brain that makes birth a more positive experience. It all sounds a bit complicated, but in reality, it's very simple. In fact, it's the simplicity of gentle birth that makes it almost too easy. The same part of your brain that controls digestion, your breathing, your eyes blinking and making sure just the perfect amount of blood gets to every nerve, muscle, fibre in your body is the same part of the brain that is responsible for reproduction and birth. The same part of your brain that developed and released the perfect egg for most listeners and created the exact conditions for a healthy pregnancy is the same part of your mind that is responsible for the unique hormonal dance between mother and baby that starts labour and helps birth happen without any conscious input from you. Most moms are able to work, drive and attend to life's day-to-day demands without consciously thinking about how to grow your baby. You just trusted that your body knew what to do. It knew where to put your baby's eyes, your baby's eyelashes and fingers and toes. You didn't wake up one morning and think to yourself, I need to grow my baby's ears today. So after nine months of pregnancy, do our amazing bodies just forget how to get the baby out? Of course not. Your body has incredible potential, but in birth, just like in life, sometimes we can be blindsided by an unexpected turn of events or an illness. And there are times when your body can do some strange things. Most books prepare you for the birth you want. I want to take things one step further to prepare you for the birth you didn't want. There's a great quote from Ina May Gaskin that I'd like to share with you. Your body is not a lemon. You are not a machine. The creator is not a careless mechanic. Human female bodies have the same potential to give birth as well as aardvarks, lions, rhinoceri, elephants, moose and water buffalo. Even if it has not been your habit throughout your life so far, I recommend that you learn to think positively about your body. 